Yevamos, Perik Yud, Mishnah Tes, 10.9, and the last on this topic. So the setup again is we have three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven marries a girl. Her name is Rachel. Reuven dies childless. Rachel now falls to even to the two brothers. There's a little brother, Shimon. Shimon is not yet bar mitzvah. But Shimon goes and sleeps with Rachel, the widow. So on a Doraisa level, that's not consequential. The requirements for Yibam still exists. But rabbinically we've said, according to the Chachamim, the Halacha, that we treat that act as the halachic equivalent of Maimur, and now they are, so to speak, engaged, partially married, if you will, Shimon and Rachel. So the Mishnah says, Ben You have a child who's at least nine years old, but not yet bar mitzvah, Shabal Yevimto, who sleeps with the woman who is his late brother's widow, for an active would be Yibum. Umishahigdil, and when he grows up, when Shimon, the brother, now grows up to become a bar mitzvah, Nasa Isha Acheres, he marries a second woman. So now he has two wives. Shimon has these two wives. One is a wife, Medorais, a real wife. The second one, we'll call her Leah. And one is like a called rabbinic wife, Rachel. But Midoraisa, Rachel is still really the widow of Reuven needing Yibam. So now when Shimon dies childless, you have two women who both need Yibam or Chalitza. They both have a Zika to this third brother, Levi. On a Dorais level, Levi would do Yibam with both of them, or could do Yibam with both of them. But rabbinically, since Rachel is considered at least partially the wife of Shimon, and Shimon Da'a child is also, so then Rachel is sort of falling to Levi from two directions, as the widow, if you will, of both Reuven and Shimon. And when that happens, we never do Yibum, we don't do Chalitza. And that being the case, Imlo Yada, as Harishona Mishahigdil, provided that Shimon never slept with Rachel after he became Bar Mitzvah. Because if he did, that act would be a bona fide Doraisa Yibum, and now Shimon would have two wives in Midoraisa, and the Yibam would have been taken care of with respect to Rachel, and therefore she's totally, you know, Rachel's just one of the two co-wives. But if that didn't happen, so then Harishona, Rachel, who Midoraisa is still the widow of Reuven, but Midorban is the widow of Shimon, Choletzes, she must have Chalitza done to her to release her, but she can't do Yibam with the surviving Levi, since she's kind of falling from two directions, like I said before. Vahashniya, as the second woman, Leah, Ocha Letzes, O Bemis, she can do Chalitz or Yibam. She's eligible for Yibam because she's only the widow of Shimon, and she's now a Yibama waiting for it to be done to her, so she can have Yibam with Levi. Normally, if you have two wives, meaning here if you have Shimon as the two wives, Rach and Leah, you would do Yibam or Chalitz with one, and the other was free. Here, in our case, since Shimon never consummated the Yibam by sleeping with Rachel, after he became Bar Mitzvah, really she's also waiting, and therefore, just because you do even with Leah doesn't resolve the issue with Rachel. Okay, now, hopefully that's clear. Rabbi Shimon's going to disagree as usual, as we've seen many times, because Rabbi Shimon holds that when a, a child who's at least nine years old, but not yet Bar Mitzvah, sleeps with the Yavama, the din isn't rabbinically we treat it as something, even though the rights is nothing. Rather, it's just a suffix doraisa, meaning he's not sure. Maybe it's effective, and they're married. So in our case here, Shimon and Rachel now are married, even though he slept there when he was you know, nine years old, whatever it is. Um, or maybe they're nothing. There, there's not even a rabbinic connection between them. And that being the case, when 
Shimon marries a second woman and then dies childless. So there's two possibilities. Either Shimon had two wives and there's no issue to resolve Reuben's widow Yibam situation because the act was significant as, even as a child. And therefore there's just simply two wives falling to Yibam. Therefore, Levi could just choose, you know, whichever one he wanted to marry, and the other one could go free, or do Khalid to one of them. Or, and the other possibility is, the act of a child sleeping with uh, Yavama is utterly meaningless. In which case, you have two Yavamos falling out to Levi, one Rachel, one Leah, both need Yibam and because, both need Yibam, because their one is Rachel's widow, one is, is, excuse me, one is Reuven's widow, and one is Shimon's widow. So since we don't know, we will certainly let at least one of the two women do Yibam with and marry Levi. Because for sure at least one of them is is each either both both of them currently are have definitely have an obligation to do Yibam. After Levi does Yibam with the first one, so the other one so has a question mark overhead. Maybe she is still needing Yibam, or maybe she isn't. Maybe she's free, because if the act of a nine-year-old is not significant when he sleeps with his Yavama. So then, the, let's say the other woman, let's say for argument's sake, that um, in our case here, let's say that, that Levi chooses to marry Leah. So then focus on Rachel for a second. If the act is not significant when, when Shimon slept with her, so then she remains the widow of Reuven, in which case she needs to have Yibum. And Levi could do even with her. But if it is significant, she's just one of the two co-wives, she's one of two wives that Shimon had, in which case, by doing even with the Leah, the other wife, she, Rachel, is now not allowed to sleep with Levi. Since that's a question mark, so the first one of the two, the one he wants, he can do Yibam and marry. The second one requires Chalitza, but definitely no Yibam, according to Rabbi Shimon. And that's exactly what Rabbi Shimon says. He can do Yibam with and marry either one of the two wives that Shimon leaves behind, v'cholitz l'shniya, and then the second one requires chalitza. Hopefully that's clear. Okay, now, new paragraph, final point here, which really is reflecting what we've said in the past um, four Mishnayas here. We've said up to now, we're talking about this nine-year-old boy, ben of yom echad, but the truth is, all we really mean is a boy who's at least nine years old, but hasn't yet reached bar mitzvah, meaning, because the requirement is that he needs to be both, to bar mitzvah, needs to be both 13 years old, as well as having reached puberty, which is measured typically as having two hairs, two new hairs growing. And that being the case, um, there's no difference whether he's 9 or 10 or 11 or 12. Um, in all cases, the dinner will be the same. And even if he's 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, etc., if he hasn't yet hit puberty and has no hairs, new hairs, so then he's also still a minor, and the same halachas will be the same for all those cases. That's what the Mishnah says here. It doesn't matter whether the boy is 9 years old exactly. On his birthday, his ninth birthday, or even if he's twenty years old, if he hasn't yet brought forth two hairs, he remains a halachic minor, a katan, and therefore the, the rules as we described up to now apply to those two boys equally. Um, worth pointing out here that if a person has is called a sris chama, remember from the eighth parak, someone has some congenital issue in which case it's clear to everyone that something wrong with this child, like hormonally wrong with the child. Those simanim, how you identify the stress chama, are things like his voice sounds unusually high-pitched, or his um, his hair is very thin, or he has no body hair at all, so um, or very little. So those signs indicate there's something hormonally wrong with the child. He's a stress chama, and at the age of 20, 
if he doesn't bring on his 20th birthday, in other words, 20 years old in a day, if he doesn't, um, hasn't produced two hairs by then, then we say, listen, he's never going to hit puberty, and therefore we call him a gadol, an adult in every sense, bar mitzvah, from his 20th birthday. Um, so the mission here didn't say 20 years old in a day, it said 20 years old, because 20 years old in a day, meaning the 20th birthday, as we call it, um, would mark first Rishama, like the beginning of his bar mitzvah age, regardless. Um, also, if a person has no simane stress, in other words, there's a human being, a boy, who seems perfectly normal, but somehow just, he never produces hairs. So we have to be afraid maybe he will sooner or later get around to producing those hairs. And therefore even past 20, he's not considered bar mitzvah, believe it or not, if there's no other simanum of simane, simane uh, sris, other signs that he's a sris, up until the age of 35, a person's life is considered to be, you know, 70 years. That's based on a pasuk. Really, um, and and uh, that being the case, so once a person hits halfway there, thirty-five, so then he will, at all events, regardless of anything else, um, even if he has no body hairs, etc., be considered to be a gadol, a full-blown bar mitzvah.